0: We want to welcome you back for uh, the second of two installments called Conversation with Our Shepherds, Conversation with Your Shepherds. Tonight we have uh, two more of Northside's elders who will be with us, Uh, Craig Greenwood, Doug Wagner will be joining the conversation this evening. So as we begin, let's start with a word of prayer and then I'll ask our two of our shepherds to come on up and... Have a seat at the table. Let's pray together. Our Father, we are grateful to come before you and to begin our week in exactly the right way, studying your word, meeting at your table, worshiping you in song, listening to you in your, through your scriptures and um, pouring out to you through our offerings. Father, we are so grateful at Northside to have a, uh, a legacy of great elders, not perfect elders, but but good men who have uh, the right talents and abilities to lead and guide Northside in the way you would have us to go, Father. And we would ask for your presence among us as we go through that process again. We pray that you give our current shepherds wisdom as they begin to think about, pray about the men who will join the team. We pray for our future shepherds, that you would bless them, uh, that they would join and use their talents and gifts to glorify you in a way that uh, will lead us into many great things going forward. We're grateful for this conversation tonight. We ask your presence among us and with us as we think about these things and discuss them and hear from your shepherds. Uh, from the heart of the shepherd. We love you, Father, and we know that you love us because of your Son, Christ Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, Craig and Doug, if you guys will come on up. As I said at the beginning last week, um, the uh, thinking behind tonight and last Sunday night was very simple in that, uh, as I prepared for the lessons on shepherds and what the Bible has to say about that, um, it occurred to me, not being a shepherd, that it would be good to hear from some of the Northside shepherds on some of these things. So, thank you both for for joining us for this evening, and look forward to some good conversation. Uh, by way of introduction, I'm sure uh, many of our Northside family know you, but. I'll just go ahead and ask, I don't know who, who drew the short straw, whoever wants to go first, I guess that's Doug, <laughs> by virtue of not it. <laughs> um, just in, introduce us, tell us a little about yourself, your family, how long you've been at Northside, how long you've been an elder, um, give us some introduction of yourself.
1: My name is Doug Wagner. Karen and I married in uh, 43 years ago, we just made our 43rd anniversary. We moved here from Minnesota in January of 1992. Adam, his wife, and four grandchildren live here in Wichita, although those grandchildren are uh, older now, and, and in fact, the twin uh, twin grandsons leave for college this week. Rebecca and uh, uh, Brian and the two youngest grandchildren live in Texas, uh, Brent and Clayton and I started serving about 12 years ago, so we're in, uh, Brent and I are in our 12th year. Uh, my responsibilities here at Northside uh, about uh, 18, 21 months ago, I, uh, I accepted responsibility for adult education, so that, uh, that adds a little bit to the plates.
2: Craig Greenwood, my wife is Becky. Uh, we met at Oklahoma Christian. I grew up in Oklahoma City. My home congregation is Northwest. Um, I was baptized at about 14, and the teens know some of my story more than that. We met at OC, not because we were at OC, we met because we went to on a campaign to Germany and Switzerland, and we ended up in the same little group of 11 students. And I met a girl from Emporia, Kansas, named Becky Zernstein, and that began a friendship. Went back to school, uh, I was gone for a semester, came back. We signed up to go again back to Germany and Switzerland, got to stay with the same families. It was a real blessing uh, to get to see the church operate in another part of the world. We came back from that, so after being friends for almost two years, we started dating. And when we graduated, she came up here to Wichita to start on her master's degree in speech and language pathology. And I was chasing her to go to church with her on Wednesday nights and on Sundays. After about a month, I thought, this is nuts. <laughs> My dad was born here. Mom and dad were raised in McPherson, in hour north. So I moved up here, found a job, and I'm still working at the same place, still married to the same lady. We just celebrated 37 years. And uh, we placed membership at the old building as singles in December of 85, and we were married in August of, of '86. So we, one of the things we've done at Northside is we chose a lot of things that we could do together. So we, one of the first, the first meeting I had with the elders back at the old building was to tell them I had an idea for a picture board that would be better than Olin Mills where they'd come take pictures and want to sell pictures to the families and then come back. and, And a year later, roughly, you would get this free directory that's out of date. I said, we can do better than that. So we, for 15 years, we helped with picture board and a picture directory everybody had at home so they could put a name with a face, and that was our goal. We also worked together with Family Camp for many years. Um, Then five years, I was uh, Deacon of Education of Children's Education and Adults. And uh, Becky works in the office and has for almost 20 years. She's the Database Administrator, so if you have a Realm question, she's the one that can answer it. Um, We have two kids. Caleb uh, is in Wichita area with four kids. From seven to the twins are two. Becca has a nine-month-old boy in Edmond, Oklahoma. We just saw him yesterday. And uh, what have I missed? Uh, did you say how
0: many years you've been a shepherd? Almost four years. Okay. I came on with Jim and Brent Clothier. Okay. All right. Well, quite a history. I noticed in there what was interesting to me is both of you have been, had been part of leading ministries prior to coming on as shepherds but yours is interesting in that you one helped with an established ministry like the family camp and you were you followed james on that right james wilson passed it off to me and then um but you also brought something too i had no idea about the picture board uh lewis tandy was
2: trying to do one and he couldn't keep up with it with everything he was doing and so we like we can do this and you don't have to do the olin mills thing we can do better than that
0: yeah that's neat okay Well, very good. Um, So I asked uh, two guys last week about this uh, very practical question. Um, Can you share with us some of the things that you do as a shepherd? I think people are familiar with you in the church context, but what does shepherding look like on a practical, you know, seven days a week level for, for each of you? What have you learned about, what do you do as shepherds? Well...
2: We're available. Our doors open. Uh, we we have our structured meetings twice a month um, that run a couple of the three or four hours, depending on what's going on. But there's other things that happen. Sometimes we have uh, phone calls during the week if needed, or a Zoom call uh, as needed. And fortunately, that's not very often. Um, of course, there's visits that are always available to do, whether it be hospital-related or something else. And... Uh, We try to do those, at least in pairs. That does always work, but if it's, depending on the nature of it, we will definitely make that happen, if if, uh, that's the best way to go. And then, at times, we want to all, like, here at the building, if we're all, or all of us that are here can be together to pray with somebody for a special request. So those things just run and roll, you know, weekly or through the week, depending on what's happening with the family, so
1: big change happened for uh, for me when I retired uh, three or four years ago uh, when when you're working full-time and you're dedicated to to your employer uh, my work days were, were pretty long you know seven to uh, seven to six on a weekday was was not unusual with my commute um, those days are over thankfully so so I have more time to uh, to be able to serve uh, when the phone rings, uh, you never know just exactly what might happen. So I have an example of that for you. Just, just the other day, it, it's one of, the, one of the best examples recently, in my experience, of what makes Northside, Northside. Now, Karen and I were at Sam's Club on a Saturday, which is not where a retired guy ought to be. I think it's in the handbook at Sam's, don't come if you're retired on Saturday. And I was grousing a little bit because that's what I do when you take me where I don't want to go. <laughs> and the uh and the phone rang and i could see that it was john sandlin and i thought oh this is good this is good so i tapped karen on the shoulder and i said i need to take this she said you are so and and it kind of drifted after that cuz she said you're going to hide out in sam's club and do something with john and make me wait until we get all the way around the store before you catch up with me. Sometimes God is good. <laughs> and that's, that's not the good part for Northside. There was, there was a need, and nobody needs to know about it necessarily, but the need became obvious on Facebook on a Friday evening. Uh, John got a hold of it Saturday morning, made a couple of calls. He called me, uh, got, got a hold of me at Sam's. Two telephone two telephone calls later in about ten minutes, uh, we had everything that was needed to get this problem addressed and It took about six hours for for a man and his wife at Northside to go do what needed to be done but it, it wasn 't a committee and it wasn 't a designated action it was it was it was spur of the moment it was something that needed to take care of, and they needed some funds. Uh, that was that was my only involvement. Um, Sundays, Sundays were a big day. Uh, I don't know exactly how how the other elders do it. I, I always come to to church uh, Wednesdays and Sundays. And I've got I've got people in my heart. And uh, if I ever pass you in the foyer without saying anything, it's because it's your lucky day and you're not on my list. But if I'm looking for somebody and I can catch them, then, then I, I become aware of something, a, a prayer request, or, or uh, a moment to encourage, or a moment to pray. Uh, Sundays, Sundays and Wednesdays are, are pretty busy. For those of us that are retired, uh, we need to look a little harder to find specific points of contact. And uh, and so we make make telephone call or we keep an eye out to our to our ministry leaders, and uh, and we try to be available uh, whenever we can be.
0: So can you speak to that, man? Uh, I'll direct it to you, Doug, since you brought it up. But both of you can jump in on it. And that how how does uh, becoming a shepherd change what Sundays and Wednesdays look like for you in terms of just you know changing it up from worship to uh, after, you know, between classes, uh, you're, you're, the shepherd's heart is with the, the, the sheep. They serve because they love the Lord, they love his people. Um, does that change as you step into shepherding? And if it does, how do you, how do you make it where you, you're still men and you, you need to worship like everybody else and you need to, to be fed? How do you balance those things as a shepherd?
1: For uh, for myself, I, I try to dedicate myself to to worship, but 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 the gears are always turning. Um, the and I had something I was going to say, and it's gone. Um,
0: Craig, you, wanna, you wanna want jump to? We want to. Well, in it's now. not all the way gone. It'll come back.
1: <laughs> the the um, uh, opportunities to. To uh, to share with somebody at Northside, uh, and some of you are pretty easy to read in the foyer, and some of you are not. Um, uh, if if I start a conversation and I intended it to be just a friendly touch, just a friendly encouragement, and and if you bless me with an opportunity to get a little deeper, that's a good thing. One one of the one of the shortcomings uh, for myself is that is that uh, i don't know near as much as you think I know about what's going on and and if if we don't know what you need, it's not reasonable for you to assume that you're going to get it. Uh, ever so often we'll hear somebody that a northsider that that had uh, that had surgery spent some time in rehab, spent some time in the hospital. Maybe he or she was gone for the house for two or three weeks. We never knew about it. It didn't make the prayer chain. And, and we feel terrible that we weren't able to serve or be any sort of blessing. And frankly, some of that is on you. Uh, we, we try. We've got the prayer chain. We've got a number of ministry leaders that, that they're, they're reaching out through the, through, uh, through the congregation at all sorts of points. But if we if you don't give us a chance to serve it, it becomes almost impossible to uh to do what we what we would otherwise like to do.
0: Greg, any any additions to that or what's been your experience?
1: From your message this morning you mentioned
2: about the one sheep versus the flock. And I find myself before service scanning scanning the room just to see faces I recognize and things that might trigger to have conversations and Then there's special opportunities, like for years, Brian and Kathy Middleton went to teen camp, and Becky and I have been blessed to go, I think, three years in a row now. So we were there last week, and especially for the teens, some that are down here and back there, uh, getting a chance to rub elbows with them and get to know them better and mentor to them is is a blessing. But also in that same week, because we had many adults there, there was just some opportunities to have conversations that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So there's... Looking for any and every opportunity to have a connection, have the conversation, give encouragement, um, pray with them, whatever, whatever might be needed. And those, those opportunities are plenty, and we just, we just keep looking for them. And then, of course, sometimes, if necessary, people seek us out, and we want them to. We we'll welcome that very
0: much. I'm sure you've had the experience that, um, you know, there are no coincidences if, if you really believe God's working everywhere, and sometimes you just, in a seemingly random series of events, end up talking to a person that you didn't really plan to, and you're not sure that they plan on talking to you, and all of a sudden, here you are, and it's apparent that God's involved. So Absolutely. it's it's one of the neat uh, aspects of leadership. We talked about a scripture last Sunday from 1 Peter, I'll read it, um, He says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful game, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. So Peter writes that as a shepherd to other shepherds. And I find that interesting. I'm I'm curious, as a shepherd in those scriptures, what what jumps out to you? What stands out to you as, as something that maybe you see that, maybe you read that differently now than you did before becoming a shepherd?
2: I'll just say to me that scripture describes Jesus in the ultimate way of, of if, if we're approaching it in the right attitude, with the right approach, that's how it works, and it doesn't work any other way, mm-hmm. at least not well. And... uh so that if we come into it with the right frame of mind, and as I came in, one of the things I remember the, the existing elders made very clear is what what we're looking for is is men that are already doing elderly type, not elderly type things, <laughs> shepherding type things, let's say it that way, uh, with how they're engaged in the congr- uh, congregation and how they're engaged across the congregation so that they have a love for and an appreciation for and an affinity for all things that are going on at Northside. Now, we all have strengths and weaknesses and there are areas where we are more efficient or more productive to focus on and that's part of what we sort out along the way. But coming into it with the right attitude, uh, there's an example I know of in a congregation way off somewhere else where a man was politicking to become an elder. And that, that to me, that's like an extreme example of how it, it never is supposed to work. If you have to politic to become an elder, then somewhere you've missed the essence of Jesus and what Scripture teaches us.
1: Okay, Doug? I mentioned that I retired a couple years ago. Uh, I was a human resources manager, uh, and and many days that was a positive thing. Uh, I hired people. I I solved problems. I helped them get on uh, with their job. Uh, Other days, it, it was not a good thing to be invited to my office i 've terminated a lot of folks through the years um, by by force of my career choice, by force of uh, personality and style, and such um, those uh, some of the things that I, that did me well in my career uh, were no longer uh, called for uh, as a servant leader uh, at northside uh, so when uh, when Peter said um, uh, willingly as God would have you, that phrase jumps out at me because, uh, because I need to be reminded that uh, perhaps my first reaction to a situation is not the one that God would have me have. Um, that's a, a personal failing of mine. Uh, domineering is a red flag word, but uh, the way I made my living uh, decisive was, was valued. Uh, the president would hear of a situation. He would call me in and say, "Look, here's here's what I know. Go fix the rest of it. Go find out about the rest of it, and make it good. Make it happen. Uh, let me know. Let me know what you did." Um, perhaps there are times when when that level of uh, decisiveness is called for. But generally speaking, uh, for myself. I need to overcome some of my personality, some of my, um, uh, the things that worked for me in a career. And uh, a servant leader is different than a business HR manager, uh, to my experience.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. I think all, all of the guys who serve, however they serve, they bring to the table certain, certain gifts and abilities, certain things they're good at in their business or wherever they work. And uh, sometimes those things are useful, and sometimes God says, I I have something different in mind here than your natural skill set. So we talked about this morning that shepherds are examples to the flock. Hebrews 13, the writer says, quite clearly, imitate their faith. And so I'm curious for the two of you, who were um, the good examples for you as shepherds? And and. Elaborate on, on how they were a good example. Sure.
1: The uh, Northside's been blessed with, with uh, a lot of good men through the years. Uh, I'd hate to leave anybody off the list, but uh, specifically uh, for Karen and I, uh, Justin and Cindy Abraham, uh, when, when we were asked if, if we would consider serving, we took, we took two or three weeks in, in prayer. Uh, they came over to the house at least once uh, to give us the real scoop and, uh, and they, they were not trying to talk us out of it by any means, but they specifically wanted to, to make sure that we understood the, uh, the um, investment, uh, the cost uh, for, for our family and our marriage to, to some degree. Uh, my areas of service uh, tended to parallel Justin's uh, member care and uh, visitation, uh, Justin has a gift for prayer that 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 I hope to uh, emulate. But uh, I think Brent mentioned last uh, last week that the first thing Justin does with uh, with uh, a, a new elder was to show him all the back doors to the various hospitals uh, where uh, where you can park because this is the quickest way to get into St. Francis. Uh, I'll tell you that his uh, his favorite choice at Hilt at uh, at Wesley was the McDonald's parking lot right next to the sign that said, don't park here. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way from the authorized parking area to building seven. And uh, the number of times that Justin went to Wesley, he would often get there before anybody else at Wesley knew that somebody was in the hospital. Uh, Justin, uh, Justin was, was a, a special example to Karen. I. Greg. I
0: made
1: notes
2: for this one. Because I, I, and this is where Becky helped me on this one because there's 10 or 12 I could mention for specific reasons but uh, in this case she wisely advised me less is more. (laughs) So uh, the first elder I linked up to that became a mentor to me was was Marvin Casebolt and Margie right along with him uh, took Becky and I on and mentored us in those early years. They actually attended our wedding and didn't really know us all that well yet in the first year of us being here and uh, the wedding was in Emporia, not here in Wichita. Um, <clears throat> he was an encourager to me constantly, a mentor. Um, I've been in the world of selling, and he always asked me, how's my number one salesman doing? And we would share stories from business, but then he shared with me how he was connecting with people in his business world spiritually, and having religious conversations. And he was a great example of that, which I greatly appreciated. And. Uh, So Marvin and Margie have always meant a lot to us. Ron Mock, uh, the Mock family. Becky and I have had just a special uh, relationship and affinity for for years. And Ron was just one of those guys that was, it just fascinates me that he'd ride a tractor all day and then he'd come here and be Mr. Connect the Dots and introduce people to three people that for somehow he knew from what they did for work or where they lived or where they came from, they needed to meet. And he, uh, that is still discussed in elders' meetings from time to time because of how well Ron did that. And so Ron was a great example of that. And I'm not sure if there was a baton officially passed from Marvin to Justin, uh, but Justin and Cindy also have been mentors to Becky and I in in a neat way. And Justin had this way of when he was helping me through some of the parenting things that we went through (laughs) years back, he would just look at me and grin and he'd say, this is just, this is just elder training. And he said that to me enough times it, was, it, was, it wasn't <laughs> by accident. And so he was planting the seed, and uh, I appreciate the way that he did that consistently for years. And uh, so those three, and I, I'm going to say something else because he just, just left us about Jim Andrews. Jim was probably the elder I knew the least personally when we came on together four years ago. And in getting to know him and in our meetings together, my appreciation for him has gone up dramatically. Uh, he's a doer. He's a helper. Uh, he's a great example. Uh, he's going to be missed. And so what I know is in this process, with your all's help, that we will bring men in that will fill the gaps, seamlessly fit together with us, and we'll lock arms and we'll go back to work as a team. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to what God has in mind for us in that way.
0: Excellent. Um, I wanted to ask you both, what are some of the things that you personally have learned uh, in your time about what it means to shepherd the flock? Uh, you probably come in into it with some, you know, as you think about the men that you followed and you think about what's involved in being an elder and being a shepherd, but, but as you've d- done it practically, what are some things that you've learned about shepherding and what that really involves.
2: You're up. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Doug and I are used to each other. We've, we've been this close to each other singing for a lot of weddings and funerals for the last 30 <laughs> years or so. And uh, so we have, uh, we have this thing going on of uh, that little look back and forth. Have you got this?
0: Um, <clears throat> so,
2: remind me of the question.
0: I had to get that dig in. Share some things you've learned about shepherding the flock.
2: As the youngest of eight in my family, I was always a listener and an observer because everybody else did the talking for me. And so that was a blessing and a curse. Uh, The curse has been what I've tried to overcome in my lifetime of being willing. When I know something I ought to say, I used to just not ever say it. It was an easy decision for me. It came very natural. So to go ahead and say it gets me outside of my comfort zone and just like being right here right now is a great example of that. So uh, just... For all you young ones out there, uh, just because you don't think you're up to it now, your day's coming, so uh, think about that. I've learned that even though I came into this fairly patient, it really, the scriptures are true and correct to say that you think before you speak, uh, be slow in how you respond, because we all know of examples from our own families out in the world where somebody pops off and does something because they think they know what happened. And most of the time, you really don't know what happened completely. You've got a small little snippet of it. And I made it to meeting number two. I've shared this before, but I'll say it again. I made it to meeting number two, and on the way home, I called Becky and I said, It's already happened. And she said, What do you mean? I said, A topic came up that I was aware of before I became an elder. <laughs> and it was discussed at length, and when I came on, there was nine of us then. And I heard from four or five men that knew a lot more than I did about the circumstance with this family. And I honestly don't remember what family it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're not with Norse anymore. I think they, job-wise, they moved out of state or whatever. But a decision was made that was opposite from what I came into that meeting thinking that well, this is a black and white decision, I can make this decision in a heartbeat, I know what's right. And then I heard four or five wise men who had accumulated information, knew more than I did, share it thoughtfully with us, and we kicked it around and talked about it, and in 20, 25 minutes, call me flip-flop if you want, but I make a decision 180 degrees out of phase of what I came into that meeting with. And so that's when the eldership is working right, in God's wisdom, we take our time, we share information, especially on important decisions. And so the decision was made, not to make any one individual Northsider happy about that quick black and white decision. The decision was made for that family's long-term best interest and Northside's long-term best interest. And that was, that was a very good thing for me to see and learn early on uh, of how it's supposed to work.
0: Excellent example. Doug?
1: <clears throat> there are a couple of things that come to me that, um, that, that we really want you to know. Is that almost without exception, every time we engage with with one or a few of you or whatever, uh, there's going to be a mutual blessing. Now maybe maybe we're we're uh, acknowledging something that you did well and and we're celebrating and that's and that's terrific and that blessing is easy to anticipate. But sometimes you came to me or you came to us. And and you didn't know how it was going to go, and and the blessing may not be obvious right then, but but in if in a couple hours or a couple of days or a couple of weeks, the fact that uh, two brothers in Christ or brother and sister in Christ gathered on a topic, we chewed on it, we prayed about it, we came to resolution, and. Uh, <clears throat> It's not that we're pouring out of ourselves to you individually and nothing comes back. Uh, being a shepherd is, is filled with blessings, even when, even when we're faced with a circumstance that, that's a little bit out of, out of not what we expected, uh, not, uh, not our comfort zone. Uh, the second thing is that uh, serving is, is very humbling. The simple fact is, uh, that that someone in this room, someone in the Northside family will face a circumstance and they'll bring it to us, one or two of us or all six of us and it'll be more than what we are capable of dealing with at that point in time. I don't want that to be a concern to you. You've brought it to us. That's the right thing to do. But know this, that even if we are not up to the task and we repeat this to ourselves almost every meeting we serve a god who is powerful enough to bring this to resolution he's working it all out we want to be part of that solution so so if you catch me and i give you that look that says i don't have a clue i'll try to i'll try to take that off my face and give you a little comfort but at the moment the, the answer is not necessarily very clear, but we will walk together and it will come to us uh, that, that God's providence is at work today and uh, we will be blessed as, as we work through the, the rough patches in our lives.
0: All right, this is another personal perspective question. Uh, it varies with each guy. So I want you to talk about the hardest part of shepherding and also the greatest joy. How I'd like to do that is let's start with the hardest part. Both of you answer that and then share your greatest joy, uh, joys in shepherding. So,
1: this is my turn. When, uh, when I consider that, that souls are in the balance, then, then losing a battle... Is is terribly hard. the the war is over. The war has been determined, but Satan will continue to fight each and every battle that he can get you to fall for, that he can get me to fall for. And and when it's a contest, and the Bible talks about that contest, uh, uh, there there will be temporary defeats uh, at Northside individually. And and when uh, when i 'm walking with you and, and and we can't come to grips with it when uh, when when Satan wins one of the rounds that that is uh, terribly terribly hard. Um, the other thing and, and really this uh, kind of has to do with this is a low grade issue compared to what I just said. Um, there is sometimes a sense of isolation that I wish didn't exist. Uh, Karen and I feel it. Uh, I, think, I think all of the elders and our wives feel it. Um, some of that is, is, uh, is a good thing, perhaps. Uh, some of it's silly, because you're talking about something, and I walk up and you stop talking, because, because you don't think an elder should participate in that conversation. Now you can decide whether or not you should have been having that conversation, but but we're not super Christians. We're not we're not Superman and in in a cape. Uh, you know, if if Karen and I want to have you over to watch the Jayhawks, uh, we're not going to pray before the game. We're going to watch the Jayhawks. And if you can't keep up, or if you're wearing purple, then then life is hard. <laughs>
0: Sometimes they pray at the end of the game. Well, but that's, you know, you know. <laughs> um,
1: the um, so so that's the uh, and and Justin and Cindy warned us about that. Uh, I think the staff sometimes comes up with this that can we just be friends? Uh, can we just can we just be can we just be Doug and Karen sometimes? But uh, uh, it's not much of a problem. But it's something you might give some thought to.
2: you covered that so well, I'm just going to add this on the hard part. Um, when, when you're having a conversation with somebody, and in a sense, you kind of figure out they want you to validate their non-biblical stance. And that's a hard thing, because you, you <laughs> we want to come at it from God's truth and use his measuring stick. And so tied to that is, is perhaps unwilling ears, to listen not that I or Doug or any of us have all the answers but in terms of guiding and shepherding uh, to have willing ears to listen and and so the converse of that is on the joyful side is when we get a chance to visibly see spiritual growth in someone because they're just they're engaged they're active and they're growing and they're learning and we see them growing or it's, it's one of those hard times where they had to make a tough decision and they did have to turn away from something and turn towards, back, back to God and His truths. And you see that happen. And that is very rewarding. So I'll give a specific example. After some decisions we made a while back that weren't well loved by some individuals, some very mature, long-standing, I'm thinking of two individuals, came to me one at a time and said, I'll use this one example as, as the case. You know, I, I thought I was a pretty mature Christian and I didn't like this decision you guys made. But I'm coming back to tell you, thank you for your decision you made and for standing firm on it. And what I've come away with it from, this person telling me, is I found out I'm not as mature of a Christian as I thought I was. And the closing comment was, I've learned I would do well to have my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in mind when I think about decisions that are being made. And that goes back to the one sheep versus the flock. And we know, and it's mentioned in our meetings, we know we don't make every decision perfectly, uh, but we all agree together we make more good decisions than we would ever do individually trying to make all these decisions.
1: So that's the joyful side. Okay very good let me let me jump in on the joy side because i I, I left one off. Uh, Craig mentioned that 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 when 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 we see you doing well uh, when when we see you winning a battle when we uh, that example that I had uh, when I was at, at sam 's club i didn 't go do the thing that needed doing, uh, but someone did it and and I was terrifically proud of. Of the two or three people involved, and I went around to to make sure that they knew that their efforts were appreciated. And and I don't know if I ever said, told them I was proud of them, but but I was proud of Northside, and I was proud of them uh, being an example of who Northside is to each other. Uh, that's that's a joy uh, to to being an elder when you when you see somebody doing the right thing. Um, now, if you are a, a parent of a young child, and you think I'm laughing at you um, when you when you take one of your children out to uh, to from the auditorium, or when you're a parent of a teen and 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 I see you chewing on something, and I and I walk by and squeeze you on the shoulder, and we can't talk right then because you're doing the mom thing or you you're doing the dad thing. Uh Karen and I have been there, and, and when we see you doing it right, it brings a smile to my face because, one, it's not me, <laughs> and two, you're doing it well. And, and if, if I can share that with you and say, just keep doing it, just keep coming to church, take your, take your child out, swat him on the bottom. Did I just say that on live TV?
0: we're going to get canceled on youtube now and
1: bring them and bring them back into the auditorium because that's what christ followers have been doing for a long time that's what brings joy uh, to my heart is is when we see when we see Northsiders doing what 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 uh, what christ followers have been doing for a long time that uh, that makes a hard job worthwhile
0: so this is a, <clears throat> a little bit of a kind of a echo off that a little bit a perspective question How has your perspective of shepherding changed over time you have a perspective one way uh, before you become a shepherd before you're asked to serve as an elder and then you have a different perspective while doing it and some of those things have already been addressed but can you give me some insight in how, you, how that perspective has shifted in you over time
1: I've, uh, I've uh, become more patient. <laughs> or at least I have become less impatient. Um, like many of you, I used to be amazed at how long it took the elders to decide much of anything. Um, now I understand uh, why it takes us a little bit of time and and we could do better, and and we continually work on each other to to not lose that two weeks or not lose that two months uh, to get to get you an answer that you've asked for, but but in our conversation, in the experiences that we bring to the table, uh, we're we're going to measure twice, and it may take us a while to get that second measurement before we cut. Um, that's a, that's one of them. I, um, I mentioned that in my career, uh, problem solving was the thrust of most of my days. Now, maybe it was a small problem, maybe it was a big problem, but but that's how my bosses tended to, to evaluate my performance. Had a problem, solved a problem, good. Um, as a shepherd... I, I see the consequences of sin, of sinful behavior, as being something that, that cannot be, should not be, escaped. Now, forgiveness is a terrific thing. Forgiveness and grace and, and thank you, God, for forgiveness. But the consequences of sin sometimes, uh, often, continue on long after you've been forgiven. You know, you laid you laid a rough road, and and you would you would undo it if you could, but you can't. Uh, prevention is a lot better than solution. So uh, uh, so so if we come to you and 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 ask for a private meeting and say, brother, are, are you chewing on this the right way? Because the, because you go down this way, and there's some consequences that that we would, we would hope you would not have to face. Preventing a problem is a lot better than solving a problem.
2: I don't think I have really anything earth-shattering to say on that. Growing up in the church, I, I did, as, at a young age, I always looked up to him as, you know, these are perfect men that do everything right. And I think when I did the elder report, or half of it, after coming in that first six months, I think one of the things I said right up here to the Sunday morning crowd was, I knew all these men well enough to know before I became an elder to know that they're not perfect. I mean, I've sung next to Doug for years, like I said earlier. (laughs) So we're not perfect, but we do want to walk in the light, and we do love God, and we love his truths, and we love his word, and we want to see all of us in unity pursuing the same thing. And so with that in mind, the the slow to speak and the slow to process, there's a purpose to that. And and more often than not, that plays out better than snap decisions and let's just change for change's sake because we want whatever. Hmm. Um, there's things to weigh in the balance.
0: Sure. All right. Uh, let's see. We talked about um, in the lesson that the Bible talks about these three different terms, one being uh, elder <coughs> Uh, which is a reflection of maturity, not necessarily age. The uh, term for overseer, uh, which refers to the idea of leadership, stewardship, and then the term for shepherding, which is the idea of uh, pastoral care. So I'd like you to to give some insight from your experience on why each of those three things are important, maturity, leadership, and, and shepherding. If I answered
2: these a week from now, I'd probably do them different, or a week ago different. <laughs> uh, but here's what I'll say for now the, the elder, in terms of, of age and life experience, um, when I think about just the last, I'm 63, in the last 10 or 12 years, the chapters that have unfolded in my life, if I think about having come on board like at 40 or 45, there's a lot of things I wouldn't have wrestled with as deeply and hurt as much to have a better way of connecting with more members of Northside. And so it, it's obvious to me why, why scriptures tell us somebody that's older, more mature, that has lived more chapters of life because you just have more to draw from. So it's kind of what you bring to the table. The, the second one... Um, Leadership. Leadership. Those are just obvious things of any organization where you've got a group of people coming together. You want to be organized and functional in how you in how you do things, and so that's that's just a giving back of of obvious things that need to be hap- happening in the conversations we have, the directions of you know major efforts like mission work or uh, our annual theme, or you know all those different things that we can nudge him one way or another or make a firm hard change if it's time for that. Uh, and then where I think our hearts land is on the on the, the pastor side of it of just shepherding of we, we often talk in meetings of we're all painfully aware of not having enough time to do all the things we'd like to do in the way of encouraging, connecting and all of that. But back to quoting Paul, he 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 told him he was just a man and we're just men. And so we're all limited in the time that we have and the things that we can do. But if we work together, the net end result can be much greater than what we might try to do alone. And so that shepherding, and that's one of the things that my takeaway from last week at teen camp, to get to connect with these teens and talk with them and share with them and get them to think about the serious consequential decisions that will set them on a path for, for God to be able to smooth that path out, as He promises, Versus taking the the rough road that Doug referenced
1: earlier. Doug, I didn't like the question, so I don't like the answer that I wrote. Okay. The um, the the only thing that that I came up with was that that we don't have different hats that we are that we are determined to wear in a given situation. Um. Uh. Brian or, or Brent last week uh, mentioned that, that maybe I think it was Brian that, that he used to lean to this one more and, and now he's be, becoming more comfortable with this one. And, and, and I see that. Um, you know, when, when, when you and I talk and I don't know what it is that you need, uh, I may be anticipating that, that you're asking me a, a leadership question, a stewardship question. Uh, that was the question you gave me, and I, I, I began to give you that answer, and it's not clicking. I can I can see that you're not happy with my response. Well, then I realized that I wasn't listening. That 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 it came to me as as a steward, but but what you really need is is the other one. So so we we approach each of us uh, different experiences, different. Uh, uh, gifts, but, but, but we, come, we come to the battle, we come to the exchange uh, loaded up for whatever it is we think best. If you give us a chance, may, you may have to say it twice, you may have to say it three times, and eventually just, just stay with us until we get it right. Uh, we'll, we'll do our best to, uh, uh, to do for you at the time what you need. Uh, uh, it may change in the course of a conversation or in the course of uh, working together in a given uh, in a given situation, the question on on how members can best help make our work a joy. Uh, I think can it's I, been. Can s- I jump
0: in for a second? Sure. I'm going to switch up the order because I want to I want to end with that one. Okay. So, um, we had two questions that were submitted between this Sunday and last Sunday. So I thought, and I've shared those with you, so you've kind of had some time to think about it. Um, the first is, how do you discover a new elder's talents or strengths? We, you, you both can. Yeah, one of on the that. things we've done
2: <laughs> is, uh, with Steve Tandy's help, we, we, go, we go through a test, and we'll do that again, I'm certain, uh, where we, it's kind of a personality test so that we see where we land on that scale and then discuss what that means amongst us as we uh, wrestle with decision-making, uh, with how we communicate with one another, so that we can do that in the best way with the best understanding. And so that's, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Would you add to that?
1: The, just the wisdom in Scripture that says, not a new believer... And, and we extend that to the notion of not a new north sider. Um, if, if your name is submitted to, to one of the elders as being a, a potential servant leader, it's because folks have seen, have seen you at work. And so your talents and leadership, at least to that person or to a small population, is, is somewhat known. Uh, among the eight or nine of us at one time, the six of us that that serve currently, uh, we we feel like we have a, a good handle on the on the, the men's names that we're likely to receive. Now, you may surprise us, but uh, but we think uh, we we think we know uh, the potential elder nominees uh, pretty well. What we don't know, and what uh, my opinion, what we can't possibly know, is how. A new elder will respond to the leadership challenge. Uh, I specifically remember years ago uh, when when I began to serve, and then I saw it in uh, in Craig and Jim and Brent. Um, Nobody, not Toby, not the other men and women on staff, uh, nobody sees it the way an elder sees it, and that's the way God designs it. So until you sit in that office, you may, you may think that you can anticipate it, but, but you can't. So the first six to 24 months for a new elder is, uh, is bump and grind. Uh, jump in. Swim hard. We'll let, <laughs> we'll let you know. Honest, we will, if you're about to do something dumb. <laughs> but, but if you wait until you're ready, you're never going to be ready. So, so don't worry, <clears throat> don't worry that that you're not sure how you're going to respond, because you don't know, and neither do we. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna leave that up to the spirit, as as we uh, as we as we uh, add men to the to the uh, area of service. But there's some some things we simply will not know.
0: When we were looking to hire, what eventually became Mark Yakeley before we hired Mark Akeley, we were new to that idea of an involvement minister and what that looked like. And so uh, the current eldership at that time, you know, we're kind of trying to determine that, what that looked like. And I remember Steve saying something along the lines of, we need to hire a good man and he'll learn the things as he goes. And we'll learn with him because we're new to this. And I think that is probably true as you talk about new elders as well. He comes with certain natural talents, and he'll come with some learned talents. Um,
2: God will grow you into. Yeah, God it. will yeah. grow you into. It's it, the only way sure, it can happen
0: for sure. So, um, second question is: Describe how you use technology to communicate with each other and the flock.
1: Well, Craig and I cheated on this one because, uh, because we didn't understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, uh, God intended for every new incoming elder to be a technology master sh- chief. <laughs> uh, one, we are painfully aware that, that in, in many ways we don't communicate very well. Uh, one of the blessings of Northside is the, the sheer number of Faithful men and women that worship here and 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 the fact that it 's very difficult to get any single message, let alone a complicated message, to a number of you in a in a quick way. Uh, read your bulletins would be one idea old school uh, the the five or six of us that that write an article. Uh, when we're feeling stress that, uh, that we don't know exactly what to say, somebody else says, don't worry about it, there's only 12 people reading this anyway. <laughs> so read your bulletins. Uh, we've tried email, we, we're trying Realm. Uh, we tried Facebook uh, with some success and with some failure. Um, don't, don't, uh, uh, don't let us off this hook. We, we, will, we continue to try to communicate better. Perhaps one of the best things that we did during COVID, we put it on Jim uh, to uh, to author a weekly weekly newsletter. Was it weekly or monthly? And uh, uh, we thought that went pretty well for 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 uh, our attempt to get some complicated, sensitive things across to a number of our members uh, as quickly as possible. We would like to do better
2: within the eldership that we just started piloting a couple of weeks ago is a, a tool that may lend itself to us, because there's there's things that we communicate, the whole group communicate about that we need to be deciding on and having input on, but then we assign subset topics to tackle with two or three of us, and those we can have those sub-conversations separately, and there's, there's uh, th- that'll be very helpful, so we're working on that right now. So that's just part of improving the communication
0: uh, challenge rumor has it that five out of six current elders are iphone users is that right (laughs) who's the rebel i don't know who i have no idea (laughs) we got one android guy in there he'll he'll come along he'll grow Uh, (laughs) um okay um all of those, I wanted to end on the scripture we centered on this morning, or the one of the two, um, Hebrews thirteen seventeen. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So my question is on behalf of all of us uh, who are not shepherds, uh, how can we make your work a joy.
1: I've got one. Go ahead. <clears throat> Give us a chance to serve you. Uh, don't worry about any prospect that that you're that you're a bother to us, that it's too late, that it's too early. Uh, I'll make a deal with you right now. If you call me enough that you aggravate me, I'll tell you. <laughs> It, uh, it's not going to happen. It, it, frankly, it is not going to happen. And it is so much harder for us to serve you when we have to make believe that we think we know what's going on. Uh, text, email, call, grab us in the, grab us in the lobby. Um, I, I, I think I speak for all six of us. We look for more opportunities to serve you, to serve. Uh, every time we get together, almost every time we get together, it's a blessing, and uh, and it's more of an aggravation when you don't talk to us than uh, than when you do. So uh, so, uh, give us a chance. Give us a chance to 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 help you help us walk closer to the Spirit of God. I
2: would just say it's 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 a joy to see the body functioning with all of the parts. With the teens last week, the scripture was emphasized about. Uh, a senior in the group can't tell a, a eighth grader in the group, we don't need you. And an eighth grader can't tell a junior, we don't need you. We need all of you. And it, it, that rolls out to all the congregation, obviously. And so when we see things happening and functioning, families being helped and encouraged, without us having to orchestrate anything, because it's just working, that's magical. And that brings a lot of joy. So that's... And that's
0: often the case so for sure i know you guys have no uh, end of things you could be doing and and tasks uh, on your to-do list so a personal thank you from me and from all of us for taking an hour of your sunday evening just to share in the conversation about your role in shepherding uh, thank you for letting us hear from you hear from your heart uh, about your role and about your part of this north side family and we appreciate and look forward to not only continued years of service, but uh, having uh, some new gentlemen come along here very shortly and be part of the team as well, continue that great legacy. Uh, let's close tonight with a word of prayer and then you all be dismissed. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, as we, every time we come to your word and look at it and read it and meditate on it and apply it in our lives, we are again and again encouraged and strengthened by the power of the Spirit-inspired words. As we focus tonight on the roles of of shepherds in the the Lord's body, we're grateful for the instructions from your word about the type of men to look for, the qualities to look for, uh, the things to consider as we appoint new shepherds. Lord, we know you will be involved in this process as you have been in times past. The decisions uh, that our leadership has made in the past have led us to where we are today, right now. And that the decisions of these future elders, along with our current elders, uh, will lead us into where you would have us to be as a congregation in the future. Lord, we pray for wisdom in that process. We ask for your Holy Spirit to guide us and the hearts of the people. We pray that you'll bless our current and future elders with wisdom and continue to bless Northside with the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace which we have enjoyed for uh, nearly all of Northside's existence. Lord, we pray that you will continue to grow us up in your Son, mature us and strengthen us, and as we bring Uh, new Christians who are growing themselves, that they will mature until all of us grow into the body that you have so beautifully and purposefully designed. Thank you for being present among us today. Lord, bless our time together and our fellowship uh, that comes along in the next few minutes. We ask that you continue to bless Northside and that we would ever bless you, that we would always revere your name as holy, that we would always... Seek our very best to follow your word, to listen to its teachings, and to apply them into our lives. We thank you for our elders, and beyond our elders, we thank you for the chief shepherd, which is your son. And it's in his holy name we offer this prayer. Amen.